Hello and welcome to Woman Heal Podcast, a sacred space for women to work through the hard stuff while becoming more self-aware, healing past wounds, and transforming into the highest version of themselves. I am Carla R. Cannon Lawrence, the trailblazer, and I serve as a holistic transformation coach where I lead women to healing what still hurts while discovering their authentic voice and awakening their inner boss. So I have for you to guys. I have for you guys today a little tongue twister there, and y'all know we don't re-record, so we keep going. But anyway, (laughs) I have a surprise for you guys today. I have a very special friend. My brother, Corey Dwight, is in the building. What's up, Corey? What's up? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Corey and I, guys, Corey is my hairstylist and friend. I mean, I know I don't got no hair no more, but I still calling my hairstylist because regardless of what I try to do he gonna be the one to do it so but that's how we met we met actually in 2015 in Detroit um and I was a part of a program and you were the stylist on the set and are you laughing because you're like you're being very generic right now no I'm not being generic I'm just thinking in my head we're not gonna name no names we're not naming any names that's right (laughs) Corey and I cut up y'all so this is probably gonna be a very different episode y'all probably gonna want Corey back because i'll be having y'all doing some deep digging like overcoming nine negative thinking traps but you get to laugh a little today but that's what we met we met there in 2015 you were living you're from michigan i'm from north carolina and then years later you end up moving to north carolina and now we live in the same city yes so take i love it too take a moment and introduce yourself to our audience these are some amazing women that are just a part of the trailblazer tribe and we just want to bring you on board and let you take a moment to greet them well hello everybody my name is Corey dwight i am a hairstylist to the stars <laughs> beyonce you hear that you hear that beyonce we waiting that's for you i'm waiting for that beyonce check <laughs> no but i am um, i've been doing hair for over 12 years now um i'm a licensed microlink specialist as well um so yeah, that's 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 about that. You know, I, I they call me the, the mogul. I do a little bit of everything, but here is like at the forefront. Absolutely. So we were talking privately, right? Because I had this interview today and I was sharing some things with you and I was like, and we actually got on the topic of ministry. Yes. And 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 unfortunately, not unfortunately, I'll say however, there are people who experience hurt. And they either end up on all the way left or all the way right. And I was saying, even after all the things that I've been through, Mm -hmm. I will never not be an advocate for healthy relationship with, you know, for relationship with God and healthy ministry. Absolutely. You know, now there's a lot of things that I'm over. Like I'm over the hundred dollar line, fifty dollar line, the manipulation, the control, all that stuff. The man made stuff. The man made. Come on, Corey, just jump on in there. The man made stuff. But the but I will always be an advocate for all things healing, doing whatever works for you. So where do you feel that all of this, whether it's misconceptions or just all of the confusion? And you scratching your head because you like there's so many layers to this. Because we both we love Jesus, we love God. Like you 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 just did your live recording in Detroit. Woo woo! You ain't gotta hold your tongue back. Go let them out. Let them out. Hey, go ahead, let them out. <laughs> but you just cause so we're worshipers. You and I, we're worshipers, and you just did a live recording. So that's coming. We're super excited. But let's let's talk about like 
you know, just all the, just, just jump in, Corey, because I don't even know where to start with that, because I want, I mean, I, mean, I'm just, a, I think mm. it's, it's a lot of layers. It me. is. Because, and I, I feel like people are, have very strong opinion, opinions when it comes to the church. Yes. Um, and everybody, what I've learned is everybody experience is different. Mm-hmm. You can't categorize. Like your experience is your experience. I could probably pull from similarities, but at the end of the day, it's really your experience. Mm-hmm. What is my experience? Mm-hmm. That's just like I had a situation um, at my at my last church, you know. And I, I believe at some point everybody experienced some type of church trauma or church hurt. Absolutely. But for me, I understood these are humans. You know what I'm saying? We're dealing with. I can't. Like, I, I can't hold you to a standard of God because you're not that. You're going to disappoint me. You're going to let me down. Where another couple in the church, they, like, no. Like, he is, he that, da, 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 da. And it's just like, mm-hmm. like okay, it's, it's life. We have those mishaps in ministry, but I know I'm not going to hold you to that account. Like, I just, I can't. That, that, but that's just me. Yeah, but it also reminds me, you know, my mind, it just always goes. So it reminds me of, uh, like, let's say women, a woman who loves men. She could be hurt by all these men, but if she loves men, she gonna eventually find the right man. Like, I didn't end up with my wife because I was so hurt and tormented by men. I fell in love with the soul of who she was. And so she could have been a man and I we would still be in the same space. Exactly. It just so happened she was a woman and it's like okay and that people was the biggest be able, people would be able to comprehend it right? people yeah, would be able to but still it's like no but I see what I said yeah this is how I feel but the point I'm trying to make is like God is still God absolutely you see what I'm saying like meaning um you don't just throw your relationship with God away or throw all churches away or just categorize all people and say all church people are bad. It's almost like saying all black people or all white people are racist or all black people love watermelon and chicken, fried chicken. You can't compartmentalize. You can't put people in the same space. So I think that was really good what you said about the local church. It was like, yo, I actually went in understanding these are real people. And so if it doesn't, you know, long gone are those days where <laughs> we just stay and tolerate abuse because, you know, you got to stay in that family church. You're supposed to stay in that marriage, stay in that whatever, deal with whatever. But like us as millennials, we be like, y'all fake, we out. And then they'll call us church hoppers. It's like so many, you see, it's a category for everything. I don't even think it like that. I'm just trying to find my place where I can. There we come that's, on. That, that's it. I'm just trying to find my place because because it didn't work out here. I'm glad at the foundation that it laid, but this I, it doesn't benefit me anymore. And I remember a young lady was saying like she viewed church as school. You can't stay in the first grade forever. Eventually, you have to go to the second grade. And unfortunately, this school only offers pre-K through first grade. That is so good. And boy. so I gotta go now. You know, and, but I think in church, a lot of times they. And I, and I said this during my recording. I said, our job, we don't own God's people. Come Sometimes on. we hold people hostage, you know what I'm saying, because of money, because of this doctrine, because of this belief, because we feel like they're not ready. And da, da, da. But at the end of the day, if, if you're trusting about the Holy Ghost in you, and if you are doing your job with equipping your people, your sheep, your flock, whatever we're going to call them, mm-hmm. um, I feel like they you should know when they have reached a level of maturity, you know what I'm saying, to hear God on their own. Even if you feel like that, and I say, express that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then if they choose to still want to leave, let them go. 
because mm -hmm. there are more people that will come. And I feel like a lot of times God will stop or hold up, you know, a church when he see like you're trying to control my doing. Mm -hmm. Like this is God's church. This is his institution. Mm -hmm. Man, and I wish I wish I had that revelation. You know, like we talk about our experiences are different. Yeah. Um, when I I grew up in the church, so my like early church as a kid was holiness. But yes. even though it has its pros and cons, I learned how I believe that the today resilience being my superpower, I believe it had a lot to do with being taught how to tarry in the spirit. And learning how to really see God's face and pray fervent prayers. Now, some of it, some religious stuff in there, you know. But that foundation, like you mentioned earlier, was set. So I'm not so quick to give up on friendships or so quick to give up in a relationship or on things. Because I'm like, this may just be a season. You know, I'm going to have common sense. I'm going to have wisdom. I'm going to, uh, you know, trust Holy Spirit to lead and guide me. But at the same time, like... I have to understand my foundation. That's where it came from. And however, I'm also at a place now where I'm okay if I don't go. I don't have to go to church every Sunday. Like you watch online, you know, and, and, and I do too. I might or I might not. I might bump Cardi on a Sunday. You know, that used to be unheard of. Like we not supposed to do that. <laughs> but you know, I listen to Cardi. You better go turn on uh, Maverick Music and lay on your face. No, not them. Uh, William McDowell and go like, yeah, okay, I know you like William. That's why I said it. <laughs> but you got against Maverick. You don't like them? No, I like Maverick. I oh, just, I mean, you know, you got your favorites. You got, you got. I know that you like William. But here's the thing. That's and I can, I can relate that to many. I love because there is there is some preachers that I just be like. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they don't have it. They don't have it for me. For me. And, and William McDowell has it for me. Maverick City doesn't have it for me. William McDowell, and it, it's no discrimination because yeah. some people take that totally. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's just how like I view that. it. No, but that's how I view it. Because even like people are like, have you heard this? Video? I'm like, I don't know what preacher you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's like a thing in church. Like, yeah. I had somebody, we was at dinner one time, and it was the most uncomfortable conversation and I wasn't in the space that I'm in now and I, this guy he had asked me he was like you know so it was something about preachers and I like didn't want to answer him because I was like it doesn't matter I think he asked me like who was my favorite preacher or and I just was like this is such a religious conversation like I'm not at church I don't want to have this conversation who is your favorite preacher though you have one Oh no! I'm, you know, know my favorite preacher, Nat. You know Joyce. Joyce. Joyce is gonna be hands. Everybody can't get with Joyce, but Joyce Meyer. I from a child, from like young, you know. So and and honest and and I'm glad we brought up Joyce. I love Joyce Meyer because I love what Re Joyce Meyer represents. I'll say that because I don't know Joyce Meyer personally, but I love what she represents because through all of this religious stuff that I had gotten entangled in. It was her enjoying everyday life broadcast that began to unveil and pull back the layers of legalism and re uh, religious mindset. Because I struggle, Corey, with how the heck do I be a Christian? Like, then you got to look at, yeah, I understand David. He committed adultery and murder. I get it. But then, and then I understand Paul. It's, you know what I'm saying? You see, okay, Elijah, you hearing all these things. But then it's like, 
but how do I walk this out every day? Like I couldn't have lived in the Bible days. You remember how when when they would go in there and if, and if they didn't come back out, the bells they had to pull them out. I wouldn't have made. Never would have made Come on. So, but I'm grateful because what Joyce, the reason why this is why I love Joyce so much is I feel like everybody has like their thing like with me is 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 Cindy Trim, John Hannah. I don't listen to a lot of preachers, but you know I got yeah. like a handful that I'm like, I'm gonna tap in at least once a week, like a Joyce Meyer, uh Cindy Trim, John Hannah, something like that. But Joyce taught me how to enjoy life because I was a Christian for so long, but I did not enjoy my life because I was trying to be perfect. You know? So let's tap into some of this pain. I know you thought we weren't gonna get into that. But this is Woman Heal. Right, and brothers got to heal too. Absolutely, and you have been through so many things. So there are certain things about you that I do know, like you lost your dad. So let's talk a little bit about that. It's okay if you cry. I'll hug you. <laughs> it's okay, um, because I know that was your guy. That's like, and then the grief process, because I believe that oftentimes we don't take time to grieve, or people try to tell you how long you how have long to grieve, or even how to grieve. Yeah. So. Um, well, I can I can jump into it. I can tell you how it started. One day, this was probably like in December or January, I was in my closet. And and it sounds so religious, but I was really in my closet. I was really, I was really like praying. I get really it. like praying. Like, yeah. That sounds so, that sounds so cliche. Okay. It's okay. Corey likes to pray in his closet, y'all. Don't well, judge not no more. Him. I just, I really love praying. But so I was in a, I was praying and I, clear as day I heard the Holy Spirit say your father won't be with you long. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I was like, um, okay, cool. Because at the time, very transparent moment, him and his um him and his wife were, you know, dealing with some things. And so she um so he came to stay with me and mm-hmm. of course you know this is my space this is my oasis and he was really irritating me and getting on my nerves and so what i chose to do was just you know endure suffer with my father because i love him mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> and so you know i was in there a guy had told me that so i was like okay cool well, he ain't living with me long i love to hear that beautiful and i just left it at that i didn't question it i didn't ask i didn't you know it was it was none of that and so I, um, time went on, my, my father did end up moving out. And I was like, okay, well, God stood true to his word. What I didn't know was that he meant he was going to like pass, pass away. away. And so, mm-hmm. that, so that was in January. So August came around and my father passed. And his wife had called me on the phone and told me, she was like, they think they found your father um, on a bus and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, so I don't know, I'm just hollering in the car. I'm like, no, no. And so I'm just like thinking like this. this and what year this, was this? This was 2018. Okay. So, it, it so not long like, ago, oh, really. Yeah. We embarking on what, four years? Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, this is, this really cannot be happening. Like this cannot be happening. Like, and I had literally just talked to him the day before yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so we're going like through the whole process, and like I was grieving then, but it was just different for me than my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I could see my brother really was taking an emotional toll on him. 
And God really just began to reveal to me what he was doing in that time. Mm-hmm. And so even like one day when he was, when my dad was living with me, he was coming up the stairs and he was like, hey, I put you and your brother back on my insurance policy because he had took us off because he had, he was married and he had put the wife and her daughter on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, it sounds like that would be a whole nother conversation. Court said, hold on. So, um, he was like, he said that. And so I'm just looking at him in his face and I, everybody know me, I'm really, I have a dry sense of humor and a dry personality. So sometimes people don't know when I'm serious or not. So we walk in, I'm, I'm serious. I'm like, okay, like, why are you telling me? I don't care. Like, you're not going to die anytime soon. So why are you telling me this? But going back, so we're going to go back to when, you know, he passed away. So we're sitting in there and automatically I fought back. Like she's not on the insurance policy, so she shouldn't be in here because they were doing a reading of the wheel and like where you know it's a staple go and all that. And so um my mother had caught me and her boss, I told told them what was going on. And so the boss, she ended up telling me to go look in the public records for um and see if there's a divorce decree inside of the public records and it was it was and then it had said in the divorce the, the divorce decree that she relinquished all her rights and so mm. i got it printed it off took it to the um people um downtown detroit mm-hmm. and i showed them in so we were in a meeting and they had read over it and we were all in this meeting and they had told her they said blah 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 i'm sorry you're gonna have to come with us um, and so they had escorted her out then, you know, it was just me and my brother and they had told us all this. See, we've never talked about like this kind of <laughs> yeah, stuff. No, See no, how no, I no, pull no, things no. out of people on the podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> so, um, so, um, we went through that, you know, and then my dad ended up leaving us this all this money or whatever, which blew my mind. Cause my dad previously, he, he was, um, he was on, he was on drugs and he was in and out of prison for some years. And so, in my nigga, I was just like, he's an irresponsible father. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Trying to make his way. You know, but when he got out of prison, what one thing I would say, he really honed in on getting his life together. He went back to school, mm-hmm. ended up becoming a social worker. He was working on his master's degree. Um, had got him a nice little high-rise apartment in downtown Detroit in, like, this historic neighborhood. Had got him an Audi. Like, so he was like, he was yeah, cool. he was okay, okay, fine. He was getting it together. So he, I felt like at that point he was beating the eyes, mm-hmm. you know, um, but not knowing that he was storing up money for inheritance for his, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that was done. And so even going through the process, I had told them at the funeral, I had got up and had, I just really felt this to say some words. And I had told them, I said, you know, we all are dealt a hand of cards in life. Mm-hmm. And I said, it doesn't matter how bad the deck is or the, the hand that you have. I said, but it's all about how we play the game. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I learned with my father that he wasn't the most perfect father, but he was perfect for me. Mm, yeah, everybody's crying. <laughs> yeah, I already know. I already know. And one thing I learned was that um, <clears throat> one thing that God really ministered to me about that situation was those five or six months that He came back to live with me, that God literally restored all those years of Him being absent, and mm-hmm. I didn't know. And mm-hmm. so that's why I did my heart good, and I had a peace about what had happened because I was like, I have everything that He was supposed to give me for the next phase of my life. Although I'm like, well, dang, you know, and I said this, you know, I had said in the um, obituary, like, you know, man, like, you know, I dreamed of the day that you would see me get married or have kids, you know, or be at one of my next big launches, you know, but I don't have that, but I know I still have what you gave me. 
promoting mm-hmm. for it, whether it was revi- uh, whether it was advice or whether it was just time or whether it was just him coming to talk to me or being silly. Because my daddy used to get on my nerves. I make it known when people get on my because some people think that's bad, but for me, that's the way how I show love. When I'm just I blatantly honest about how you treat me. You know? <laughs> Weird, strange, I know that's me, but um. So to bring me to today, I do have moments where I grieve. And one thing I do appreciate my former pastor is that he called and told me, he says, you know, you have to do this in your time. You know, don't allow anybody to rush you into mm-hmm. a process that you're not ready for. Mm-hmm. And um, I thank God because I've seen some people try to just get right back into the swing of life mm-hmm. when they got all this hurt and pain inside of them and and not to mention going to therapy yeah because you got people that think you can just Mm -hmm. pray that away just lay on the altar it's a process you gotta work through yeah i I went through therapy um now i'll be honest that experience wasn't really helpful (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) tell the truth but you know it's like anything so just because you have a bad experience with one therapist like i have too now i have an amazing therapist but i didn't say because my next time i had therapy was a lot better yeah that previous time i just felt like i didn't give you tools they didn't give you tools But I think the biggest compliment now, you know, like I do have days where I miss my father or we'll mm-hmm. bust out into tears or I'll think about certain things. Um, because, you know, we as we grow, we do want our parents to be, be a part of mm-hmm. certain experiences. Or, you know, even like for people who probably didn't lose a parent, they just have a, a strange relationship, you know, with their parents. I'm sure that they have moments where mm-hmm. they may grieve the relationship or desire the relationship. I experience that yeah. often with like, my dad yeah yeah and i and i and i I know it's a boy but one thing about life you know i think we just have to learn to live Mm -hmm. and figure it out and i know that may be a harsh thing to say but it's the truth whether if you need a therapy for that wound or if you need to just create you a whole nother life outside of that or if you need to get a mentor or if you need to get a godfather whatever you know it's like whatever you need you you do that but here here here's my problem so on the flip side of the and I first I want to acknowledge because this is I've learned to do this it's a very important thing I want to acknowledge you for your transparency because literally us doing this podcast guys like Corey's my friend he came by the house you know he's my brother he came by the house and then we talking and I'm like we should do we should jump on the podcast and he's like okay (laughs) I'm like let's do the podcast but I that's how I want it it's like I'm about all things authentic we didn't write nothing down we didn't you know we're just talking so this is what I was gonna say and then I'm gonna let you jump right back into it but like even on the flip side when it comes to like the local church I do have a problem with people and it don't even have to be church it could be I have a I used to work in the medical field I had a problem with nurses the way they would handle addicts when they came in. They would say, I'm what are you here for? I'm here to detox from opioids. You're here to detox from opioids. Like that was and I'm like, why are you screaming that out? So I've learned it's not even like a church thing or a local worship assembly thing. I don't like people being mishandled, period. Yeah. And so, and, and it goes back, we can say, well, that person is an apostle or they're in, they're a pastor or whoever, so they should know better. But I'm like, she's a nurse or you're a doctor. You should know better than to speak to this elderly woman like this. So I've the older I've gotten and the more I have experienced, I've learned like, it's really not a church thing. Sometimes it's a people thing. It it's a preference thing. It's a moral thing. It's character integrity you know what i mean like i feel like this is why we have to have a relationship with god so that 
we can not be taken advantage of. Absolutely. You know? 100% of the time. So let's, let's, yeah. What? 100,000%. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you can lead me to the water, but it's my job to drink. I gotta cut my hands and... No, seriously. Yeah. Seriously. After you... And that, you know, I told you that before, but like church is the place where we go get, pick up our tools, Mm -hmm. but it's our job to learn to work them and Mm -hmm. to build our own, you know what I'm saying? Church. And I don't, I don't mean physical church. I know exactly what you mean. Our own sanctuary, whether it be a home, our job, whatever your spirit influence may be, or even if we can just say just for home, for relationship purposes for yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's definitely our job and responsibility to take that and further it because mm-hmm. if we place our dependency upon one person and we hold them to this high standard as God, what happens when they let us down? Mm-hmm. What happens when they die? What happens, you know, like mm-hmm. just they mishandle us. And we have to stay away from idolatry. I had an issue with that where I would idolize spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. Like there's what I say, layers upon layers. And I feel like sometimes, oftentimes, I believe God diversifies our experiences. Mm-hmm because of the impact that he wants us to have in the world. So I really feel like no matter who comes to me or who I meet and no matter what they're dealing with, I can relate to them in some way. I don't have to have lost my dad like you did, but I understand grief. I understand, you know, that. So let's go back to that. What would you say to women who are listening or me, maybe even those that grabbed their sons or their husbands and was like, listen to this episode. This Corey guy is amazing. Uh, what would you say to those who are currently grieving? Take your time. That would be my biggest advice. When I, my grieving had, I, and that was one thing I'm happy that I'm able to share because I felt like I wanted to share that. When my father passed away, I chose now I had been I hadn't lived with my mother since I was 18. Mm-hmm. That was I literally graduated from high school and I moved out. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to college. I just moved out, <laughs> and she was upset. Okay, but anywho, um, I, so I hadn't lived with my mother and I chose to go back and live with her. So I walked away from a whole salon. I had about six employees. I think mm-hmm. it was. I walked away from a salon. I closed it down. I walked away from a condo, and. Let me tell you, that was God because I didn't have to. I didn't. I broke leases. Mm-hmm. And didn't have and to pay, had to pay nothing. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to pay anything. You know what I'm saying? But I needed that. You know, and I ain't saying that's. I'm telling people to do that. But you had <laughs> yeah, to do y'all, you ain't gotta go back home and live yeah, with your no, mama. No, but you, but you do necessary. gotta do what's necessary, do what's even necessary. if it does involve. Because yeah. what you were doing at that moment, you were you were um, nurturing the little boy on the yes. inside of you. You was nurturing mm-hmm. little Corey. Yeah. And giving yeah. him what he needed. Yeah, and I and I took I took probably about three months off. Mm-hmm. I did. Even in that, like I'm a very I like I like to think that I'm pretty well rounded, but I'm a very God conscious with voice. Mm-hmm. Like when He says something, I don't I don't care who you are. You could be the famous of famous. Like if He says it's not blue, and y'all saying it's green, I'm gonna know. So. One thing he told me, he said that he had told me, and I left that around, he told me he wanted me to go back home. Mm-hmm. He said, because he wanted to prepare me for what was next, mm-hmm. in which that was Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know it was going to be, I didn't know it was going to be Charlotte at the time, because he, he's good at giving me piece by piece. But, back to the grieving part. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
in me going back home and taking those three months off of work, I was able to really tap into exactly my emotions, where I was mentally, get the mm-hmm. therapy the second time, not the first time. The second time. <laughs> let's, let's clarify, y'all. Yeah, I was clarify. able to get the therapy, and I was able to really take some time to spend with my family as well. And I think, you know, again, grieving looks for everybody different. It's different mm-hmm. for everybody. But my biggest advice is to take your time and whatever that may look like. Whether it's taking a spa day, whether it's taking a road trip, taking a vacation to the Virgin Islands, getting therapy, or all of it. Do mm-hmm. what is necessary because it matters for your uh, moving for you moving forward. I have a friend, a very, very good friend, very powerful woman of God. She lost her daughter and she literally, it took her about five years to really come back to herself. Mm-hmm. It literally, you know what I'm saying? So it looks different. Yeah, for, for everyone. And, and that's- for her, she, her, <clears throat> like her, like solution to that was to shut everybody out. She didn't want to see certain faces, anything that reminded her of her daughter, any place that reminded her of her daughter. She wanted to shut it down and out of her mind, you know, because she really was trying to. Was I'll say it sounded like to me she was trying to live. Yeah, she, she was just trying live. to do everything she could she, to, to live yeah. to survive and trying to understand yeah. this new phase of her life without her daughter. This new normal. She only had one daughter. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, so and it was imagine. only one yeah, daughter. You can only imagine, like, what yeah. that's like. You know, you're your only child. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah. Let's change the subject. Yeah. I cannot. I cannot imagine. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot imagine that. But, um, so, we're going to have to do a part two because we, ha- we have a few moments and it's going to stop the recording. So, guys, we're going to end this right here. Thank you so much for tuning in to Woman Heal Podcast. Stay tuned for part two. And make sure you follow Corey on Instagram at Corey DeWhite. Is that your name? K-O-R-I-D-E-W-I-G-H-T. I don't know how to spell your name. And make sure you follow me at Carla R. Cannon Lawrence on Instagram. And we'll be back for a part two.